Now, God doesn't always uh, show up in my Christmas experience. Um, I know, and I wrote this before I went shopping yesterday, but grace doesn't always come to the forefront in my Christmas shopping experience. I had a guy yesterday in the car park who, um, who obviously thought I was going to steal his car park, so he almost rammed me. He, he, he jumped in front of me um, as if to say, you will not get that car park. And I'm like, I wasn't going to take your car park. I was just turning a corner. And, and everything in me was about to do not that. <laughs> Judgment seems to skyrocket in my Christmas shopping experience as people fill up their trolleys to beyond what they should be filled. Coveting increases a hundredfold as I watch people spill out of shops with things that I could only wish to have. Now, hear this correctly. It doesn't spill out and become a scene in the shopping centre. <laughs> it doesn't become this big mess in the shopping centre. But I know it. And if I know it, God knows it. And I know Solari knows it because I complained to her. <laughs> God's love doesn't always come or show up in my Christmas shopping experience. And I imagine I'm not alone in this. I wonder if you find yourself experiencing those similar feelings of judgment, anger, frustration, rather than a, a godly love towards those who push in front of you in the queues, those endless Christmas queues. But I also wonder if it moves beyond just the Christmas deadline rush. The deadline at work that your colleague keeps hounding you about. The frustration of the lack of communication in your relationship. The expectation that you just cannot meet. I wonder if you find that God's love doesn't always show up in your experience. Because the reality is that as Jesus followers, as Christians, aren't we meant to display God's love in such a way that we are set apart? Different from those who have never experienced the love of God. John 4.19 tells us we love because he first loved us. Or the message version says this. First we are loved. Now we are loved. I like that. First, we were loved by the one who is defined by that very word. God is love. Now we are love. I wonder, are you prepared to be defined by that word? Are you prepared to be defined by the way that you love? You see, God's ultimate action of love started in the manger, and it continues on with all who call Jesus their Savior. You see, our reading this morning is a reading all about Christmas, but it reminds us that Christmas refuses to be the final crowning moment of God's plan and God's ultimate love for the world. It was the beginning. Paul, through his letter to Titus, reminds us that the appearance of Jesus brought to the world the love of God. In the manger lies God. Let that sink in. In the manger lies the embodiment of God. God who is love. See, Paul focuses on the goodness and the kindness of that love. He reminds us 
how that love has saved us and has transformed us into who that we, who, from who we were to who we are now and to who we are still becoming to be defined by his love. But by what means can that happen? Well, we see it from Titus 3. The key sits in the middle of verse 4. He says this, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, the goodness and loving kindness of God happened. It was always there. But now the goodness and loving kindness of God has appeared. It had happened from the very beginning. God made the world and everything in it, and he called it good. God made humans in his likeness, and he proclaimed that it was very good. Throughout history, God has rescued, provided for, blessed humanity. God's goodness and loving kindness is always on display. It's always there, regardless of whether the people of God were looking for it or not. Regardless of whether they turned their backs on God or not, it was there. God's loving kindness and goodness was always on display. But Paul touches on something more here. See, something that has happened that now makes that loving kindness very tangible. God, our Savior, appeared. God turned up. Turned up on the doorstep of a local hotel in the uh, sheep shed. God appeared and now the goodness and loving kindness of God is alive in this little baby. The word that we get appeared in this verse in Titus um, 3, uh, chapter uh, 3, verse 4, is, it comes from the Greek word epiphaneo. You have the next one, epiphaneo. That's the Greek in the middle of it. And it's sort of like epiphany type thing. So uh, you, can, you can sort of make a, a fairly quick link to what uh, epiphanio, English word we get from that, is an epiphany. An epiphany. And the dictionary defines a, an epiphany as a moment of sudden and great realisation. Great revelation that's been revealed right then and there. It's like the aha moment. You all get the aha moments, the light bulb goes off and go, aha, that's an epiphany. It's that something twigs, you finally get it. And this is the root, for what, root word for what has been translated appeared in our scripture. It's like Paul is saying to the church that this moment that Jesus came was like the aha moment for the world. That the goodness and loving kindness that God had always been showing through all time is now on display as a baby. In the form of a, a baby, a vulnerable little baby. And we ask why. We ask the question. We've got to ask the question. Why? Why does God need to show us this love through the baby? Why does it need to happen? Well, if we step back a, 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 um, a verse as well, into verse 3 of our text, we find out where we were. We need to understand our predicament to understand the depth of what this baby represents. Verse 3 says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. Aren't we glad that we're not like that now? Foolish, disobedient, easily led astray. I won't get a show of hands who, <coughs> who 
fits into that. I like how Paul suggests that we were once like that. And my hope is that uh, on the whole, we are changed people, transformed people, people who have moved into grace. But we're still people, aren't we? We're still people who have to fight the Christmas shopping traffic. (laughs) But that's why the baby appeared. That's why Jesus appeared. That's why God sent his son, to show us God's unending love, his goodness and his loving kindness. Because as much as we are changing, we are still sinners saved by grace. And it's why we come back to verse 4 and 5 and we bring the two verses together. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy. If we rearrange it, I've rearranged it on the the board, on the um, PowerPoint. It says this, he saved us, not because of what we, any works that we have done, but according to his mercy. It's according to his mercy. We're away from God. We turn our backs on God and God's goodness to us. We look at God and say, I can go it my own way. I can do it by myself. And God turned up, not because we're trying to get to God, but for the opposite reason, because we turned our backs on God. It's because of our unrighteousness, not because of works of righteousness. If we were to do the works of righteousness to get to God, we'll never make it. That's why the baby came. It was God's action coming down, not our action calling him here. We weren't getting any closer, even if we were trying. It's all what God has done. It's God's ultimate act of love to come down to send the baby. It was a lose-lose situation for us, and God made it a win. Why? There's only one explanation for why, and it's love. It's unexplainable but it's love for God is love for God so loved the world it's a love that looks past the transgressions of verse 3 and moves us into verses 4 and 5 because he saved us according to his mercy According to his mercy. It was by his mercy and only by his mercy that we can be saved. It was all God's action. And we are the beneficiary of that action, not by ourselves. If we can grasp the wonder of that, if we can truly understand the magnitude of what God has done in saving us, then there'll be no choice but to live a transformed life. Our transformation is the direct result of God's love shown through this action of mercy. Therefore, our lives are to display that same loving kindness and gentleness and goodness that he displayed in the baby. He tells us what to do. Paul tells us what to do in verse 2. He says, speak evil of no one. Avoid quarreling. Be gentle, be courteous to everyone because you've been saved by God's loving mercy. By doing that, we become agents 
of the same love that God shows for us. So if we're not showing that, then we need to reassess what we understand God has done for us. And it works at two levels. First, we've got to understand it's our response to God's love that is a transforming nature. We owe God everything. We owe God our very lives. A response of loving kindness actually isn't that much to ask. Live in a way that brings honour to God. Secondly, it's an ongoing part of the revelation of God that, that love might be seen through his people, maybe seen through beyond the manger and into each of the people that loves him. That the one saved by his loving mercy might continue to show others what God looks like through how we love. That God's love might be seen in and through you and that God's love therefore will define who you are. Takes me back to my initial question. Are you prepared to be defined by the way you love? Are you prepared to be defined by the way you love? Max Licardo writes in his book, In the manger, God loves you. Through the, co- the cross, God saves you. But has he taken you home? Not yet. He has work for you to do. He wants the world to see what God can do with his purchased possessions. You are his purchased possessions. Purchased through Christ. This week, uh, there was a, a group of people that came to church and along, uh, they, they spent all morning on Wednesday morning packing all the groceries and donations that we've been giving to the, to the uh, table out the back over the last sort of months into hamper bags. And then distributing to the people in our community that really needed them. They needed a little extra this Christmas. What, what a great ministry. What a blessing ministry. And already there's been multiple emails that have come back in from them, Facebook messages that have said, um, what a blessing it was to receive a hamper. What a blessing it was to receive a hamper. Mother Teresa has been credited with the quote, it's Christmas every time you let God love others through you. It's Christmas every time you let God uh, love others through you. And this week, those who came and packed the hampers, those who distributed them, those who bought things in to put in the hampers, they allowed God's love to be seen through them. They, this week, have been defined by God's love. But it's easy to be defined by God's love in that way. It's easy to be, it's a tangible way of being able to bless our local community and display God's love. It's, it's, it's a good and easy way. But how do you continue to do that on your day-to-day basis? How can you be defined by God's love on a daily walk? Because the very definition of the word define is to give meaning to something. So when we look up a a definition, we're trying to understand the word a lot more. The word's definition doesn't change depending on whether that word's having a good day or not. A chair is still going to be a chair. So if we're defined as people of God's love, we need to be the same yesterday, today, and beyond. 
See, we define God as love in 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. It defines God and it doesn't change. God's love yesterday, today, forever. It defines who he is. And that love came into the world in the stable and remained defined by love. The baby who grew displayed love in his compassion for the poor, the hurt, the outcast, those in need. He showed love in speaking out against injustice in society. He showed love in touching the untouchable. Jesus remains defined by love. Love became human. And that love for those who love Jesus now is in us. Are you willing to be defined by love? Can you remain defined by love? As you go into your week, I wonder, as you connect with people, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be over a Christmas meal, whether it be uh, in the shopping centres as you finish your shopping or whether it be on the beach, wherever it may be, as you rub shoulders with people, filter every interaction with this one question. What does love require of me in this moment? What does love require of me in this moment? It might be that love requires you to show restraint and the ultimate patience as someone looks to ram your car because I couldn't get a car park. (laughs) Or your neighbour complains about how bright your Christmas lights are. It might be that love requires your time as you stop to hear the story of a child willfully telling you about the drawing that they did that seems to take such a long time, but somehow it's impacted their week. It might be that love requires your empathy as you comfort a friend in need. And as you ask that question, make sure you listen for the response And then make love happen. Let love dictate your demeanor. Let love change your body language. Let love guide your words and shape your actions. Be ready to be defined by love this Christmas. Because the definition of love came to the world as a baby. I'm looking forward to Wednesday morning service and hopefully you're all able to come along because I'm imagining God's goodness and loving kindness is going to be on display throughout. <laughs> it's, it's working. It's finally working. We've been waiting all year for that to work and it's working. Praise Jesus. There's been some awesome things happen this morning and it is finally working. God is at work in this space. Good, <laughs> sad. Well, half working is close enough. <laughs> Wednesday morning, Christmas. Um, I'm looking forward to it because God's loving goodness and loving kindness will be on display through the people of Kilside South Baptist Church. People will want to see it. People from our community will come into church because they come on Christmas morning. And they'll want to see why should we get to this space? Why should we come in here? And my hope is that they'll find a church, 
full of people defined by love. That they can't get away from it. That they find that part that is set apart. And they'll go, I've got to be here. I want to finish with a quote by Dallas Willard in his book, The Defined Conspiracy. He says this, Jesus does not call us to do what he did, but to be as he was, permeated with love. Then the doing of what he did and said becomes the natural expression of who we are in him. The natural expression of who we are in him. I wonder if you can let love define you this Christmas in your relationships, in your interactions as we celebrate the definition of love. Let me pray. Our Lord, now God, we give you thanks and praise for your word that came to earth, that defined your goodness and kindness, that defined your love that grew in this world, a world of turmoil, a world of stresses, a world of pressure, a world of danger, but grew in this world to show us what love looked like and then in the ultimate action of love, died on the cross, that we may be saved and that we may embody love as well through Jesus Christ. Amen.